0: We really want to um, extend a massive warm welcome to you today. Um, it is always, we always say it's a great Sunday to join us here at Beyond, but today's a particularly good Sunday because we're launching, as I said um, earlier, a brand new series called Family Matters. And if you have no idea what a series um, looks like in a church context, think like Netflix, think Stan, think Disney Plus, think long ago before you had kids and you watched TV series and these things came out like every single week, like you couldn't just binge watch them all in one go. Um, So we like to talk about, um, pick a big idea or a topic, and we love to camp out on it for a number of weeks and hit it from a a whole heap of angles. And our hope is that um, even if you wouldn't consider yourself a follower of Jesus, that you'd actually track with us throughout this series, because the series we're launching today kind of impacts all of us. The series we're launching for the next couple of weeks is Family Matters. And the reason we're talking about this for the next couple of weeks is because family is such a difficult thing for so many of us to navigate yet we, wanna, we really want to make sure that we get it right. Like how do you navigate in life when, um, you know, when you've got children and your parents-in-law or your parents have a different parenting approach and they start disciplining your child in front of you? How do you, how do you navigate that? How do you navigate when you desperately want to have children but you're not able to? How do you navigate screen time? Like how do you navigate when you've got a boy or you've got a girl and they want to start dating? Like what's an age-appropriate like, place to start? Right? And all the dads of daughters are like 30. 30 is the appropriate age to start that, okay? And so we want to spend a couple of weeks talking um, about this because on top of navigating family and all these dynamics of relationships, we just got to navigate life in general, don't we? And it can all at times feel a little bit overwhelming, and all at times feel like it's a little bit too much. And so we just wanted to spend some time for a couple of weeks talking around this series of Family Matters. And seeing as we're talking um, about family, I thought that uh, I should introduce you to my family. Um, so this is my family. These two good-looking roosters on the end here, um, that's my mum and my dad. They've been married for over 40 years. Um, they met together uh, when they were in the police force together and... Um, and I guess that's what happens when you're undercover in the police force, you lock eyes and then um, you're just together forever. So they met, Um, they've been married for 40 years. This actually here is my brother, his name's Justin, um, but I call him JP. He's actually a physiotherapist, he's 26 years old, and this is his um, wife, Rihanna. Uh, They actually met, fun fact, they actually met at uh, mine and uh, Emma's, my wife's wedding. I don't want to say that we're the reason that they fell in love, but we're the reason that they fell in love. Um... (laughs) This is, my, uh, this is my wife, Emma. Uh, this is my wife, Emma. We've been married for um, five years. She's actually up at Caloundra this morning in this beautiful weather, racing a triathlon. Um, and fun fact about us, uh, the first year of our relationship when we were dating was actually long distance. Uh, I lived in America. And so I think it's something like the first 10 months that we were, um, we were officially um, boyfriend and girlfriend dating. I think we saw each other for like 13 days or something in the first, first 10 months of dating. So that is my family. And I just wanted to address what a lot of you in the room who are thinking as, um, as parents, as you look at this, you're thinking that and you're like, there's no kids in that picture. And some of you, and here's where you're thinking with this, like some of you are thinking like, hang on a minute, we're, well, we're, we're having a series about family, we're going to be talking about parenting, we're going to be talking about a whole lot of stuff and, and you don't have any kids? And you're going to give us advice on how to parent? No, I'm not, right? We should just clear that up right from the get-go. In fact, in next week in part two and three, one of our other communicators, David, um, he's going to come up and he's going to share with us and he's going to talk all around in parts two and three around what it actually looks like to fight fair as families, What it actually looks like, because some families fight hot, some families fight cold. And if you don't know what that means, we're going to talk about that next week. You should come back. And David's going to talk about that. Then in part three, he's going to talk about all about rhythms and relationships that we can incorporate into our family, particularly young families when it's difficult, when it's chaotic, to set us up for relational success. And then in part four, I'll be back, but I won't be back alone. In fact, I'm really, really looking forward to part four, because in part four, um, we're going to have a panel of guests. And uh, over the course of this series, you're going to have an opportunity to ask your questions around family. You're going to have an opportunity to ask your questions around like how much screen time is too much screen time. You get to ask that question like, when should we have the dating conversation? When should we have the talk? How do we do it without making it awkward? And uh, we want to create a way for you to anonymously ask those questions, so if later today, um, and after the service, you jump onto our Facebook page, there will be, uh, beyond church, you will be able to submit your questions, and we're going to be asking our panel, um, who have a whole lot more wisdom um, than me, but combined, they've got a whole lot of wisdom, and they're going to be able to answer your questions around family, and start to ask some of those questions that we all have, but we're just not sure where to go. And so... Today, as we, um, as we begin this conversation, I want to ask a question um, that probably a lot of you as parents have been asking. And the question is simply this, is how do I make the most, how do we make the most of our time and our influence? How do we make the most of the opportunity that we have before us? And, and here's the reason that you ask this as parents, right? Because you know this, that the days can feel long, but the years are short. Right, you know when you're walking through Kmart and your son or your daughter decides to have a temper tantrum in the middle of Kmart and everyone just starts looking at you, those days feel long. Right, when you're woken up in the middle of the night and you have to rush someone to the emergency room, those days feel long. When your son or when your daughter, they come home from primary school and you ask them who their friends are and they say, I don't really have any those days can feel incredibly long. But here's what, here's what I also know, that the years, they are short, right? One minute, one minute you've, you're, you're, um, you've got your child and they're, you're looking at them and you're just thinking like, you're kind of asking all those questions as a parent, like, what do I do? You're like freaking out inside. The next minute they're starting prep. The next minute they're starting primary school. All of a sudden they're in high school and then they're moving out of home onto the next chapter of their life. Maybe, maybe they're getting married and you know, you look back on it and you go, hey, the days, they feel long. But in reality, you know that the years are so short. And here's, here's the truth is that you, you do actually have less time than you think. In fact, if we were to break this down, um, from the moment that your, your child is born, you have 936 weeks. 936 weeks until they turn 18. 936 weeks to set them up and influence them for their future. If you were to break that down, that's 9,552 days. 9,552 days to make a difference and influence the life of your child. And so you look at that and you're like, you know what, you have less time than you think. And the reality is you, you hear that and you're like, wow, I really do. But the good news is, is that you actually have more influence than you think. Now, I know as as soon as I say that, particularly for those of you who have children in high school, you're like, not true, Chris. Not Their their, Their teachers have more influence than me. Their friends have more influence than me. Their coaches have more influence than me. Their friends that they won't get off and stop talking on Fortnite have more influence than me. But the reality is, although it might not feel like you have a lot of influence, studies all around the world over and over and over and over again affirm time and time again, the number one influence on a child's life is parents. So while it might not feel like you have influence, you actually have far more influence than you could possibly imagine. And so the tension that I want us to wrestle with today is just simply this, is how do we actually make the most of our time and our influence? How do we make the most of those 936 weeks? How do we make the most of the fact that you are and you will be the most influential person in your child's life? Well, just so we can kind of all get on the same page with this, something to, to look at before we realize how to address it is we need to recognize that we're actually all in a phase. All of us are in a phase of life. Right? Some of you are single, some of you are dating. Some of you are ma- like, uh, engaged or newly married. Some of you are, are married without kids. Some of you are married with two kids or three kids or four kids. Some of you are married and your children have moved out of home, so you kind of transitioned into that empty nested stage. Some of you are in a new stage where uh, perhaps your marriage or your relationship broke down. So you're in a stage where you're trying to figure out, hey, how do I navigate what life looks like now? And we are all in a phase, and so we can kind of have some common language and, and understand exactly what a phase is. Here is how we're defining this word phase throughout this series. Phase is simply a time frame in someone's life where you can leverage distinctive opportunities to influence their future. It's a time frame, it's a period of time in someone's life where you can speak into, where you can challenge certain things, where you can affirm certain things and leverage that particular period of time to influence the trajectory of someone's Future, and for all the parents in the room, really, what we're going to look at today, and what what I hope that we're going to be able to um, get you thinking about today, is um, if you're a follower of Jesus, there's two questions. But if you're not a follower of Jesus, that's awesome. We're glad you're here. There's really only one, and the questions that we want you to we want to answer today is, or want you to think about today is, what do you want your child to know in every phase? What, what do you want your child to know? What do you want your child to know about themselves? What do you want your child to know about their friendships, to know about the way that they view, uh, that you view them as a parent or a carer? And here's the question that if you're a follower of Jesus, we want you to ask him. What do you want your child to know about God in every phase? And I, um, I totally understand that as you look at those questions, you might think to yourself, like, I've, I've never really addressed that. I've never really thought about that. And my intention is not to make you feel like a bad parent, like that's not it at all. My, my intention is to help you start to wrestle with these, to help you start to come up with an answer for them, so that you can kind of get ahead of the curve when it comes to what you're talking about and what you want your children to know. And there's actually an organization that we're in the middle of um, partnering with or talking through what it would look like to partner with, and they're called Orange. And Orange have actually done a whole lot of research into, uh, into what... Uh, we want children or what children need to know about God at particular phases in their journey. And so what they've discovered is this, that at every uh, phase, a child has a specific need and a spiritual opportunity. A child has a specific need and a a spiritual opportunity. And if you as parents, if you know what that need is, and if you know what that spiritual opportunity is, then you can be a little bit of ahead of the game. You can actually speak into that need and provide pathways for them to get connected or to address this spiritual opportunity. And so, in the next few minutes that we have together, I just want to begin to look at the the four kind of phases, the four big phases that Orange have come up with. Look at the specific need and look at the spiritual opportunity to help you get ahead of the curve. And then I'm going to give you some homework. I'm going to give you two questions to ask for homework, but we'll get to those questions later. The first, um, the first phase is this, it's preschool. And preschool is pretty much um, anywhere from zero right up until kindergarten. And uh, this is a huge stage developmentally in the life of children. Um, from the ages of two to four particularly, Like you don't have as much change within their bodies physically until they hit puberty again. So this is a huge phase of change. There's a lot happening for them. And at this phase, what Orange discovered, the number one um, uh, need that they need is the need to be embraced. The need to be embraced by you as a parent, by you as a carer, but also to know that God is a God who embraces them, that God is a God who loves them, the way in which God views them and thinks about them. And the invisible question that that children in this preschool age are seeking to answer is this, am I able, am I able? That's why, um, if when your child, or if you know, uh, if you have a friend, or a niece, or a nephew, or a grandchild, is at this age, that's why they're always saying things like, "Can I do it myself? Can I dress myself? Can I feed myself? Can I, can I, you know, can I use the phone?" They see you on the phone. They're like, "Can I, can I get on the phone?" They don't even know who you're talking to or why you're on it. They're just like, "Can I, can I, can I?" And the question that they're seeking to answer for themselves is this: just "Am I able? Can I do it?" And the next phase is this, it's primary school. And in this phase, what they're, they're starting to engage. I remember like very, very vividly um, when I was at this phase uh, in my life, I was obsessed with the famous five books by Enid Blyton. Like I was obsessed with them so much that every single bookstore we would walk past, I'd like grab my mom or my dad, whoever, who, whoever was with me. And I'd say, can we go into the bookstore? I want to look for more famous five books. And you're probably thinking to yourself like, oh yeah, like, Yeah, my children, like when they're at that age, they wanted to engage. And there's a particular brand or there's a particular game or there's a particular character that they just they're just obsessed with and they just want to engage, 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 engage. And the question that they're asking with at this phase is is really, do I measure up? Do I measure up? And the reason that they're asking this question at this phase or well, one of the reasons is because at this stage they transition from prep into primary school from kindy into primary school and you know what it's like at kindy right someone writes a short story and everyone writes a short story and they're all pinned up on the wall someone draws a picture and they're all pinned up on the wall and then you get to school and what starts to happen we start to grade them now And we start to put letters and numbers associated with them. And so now we start to look around and and your your children start to ask, do I measure up? That's why, particularly if you have children in primary school, you'll notice that they refer to their friends uh, by talking about what they're good at. That's my friend, Max. He's so fast. Oh, my friend, Miriam, she's the best drawer in our grade. Tom, oh, Tom is the best writer. He just is really, really good at writing. Oh, Sally, Sally, oh my goodness. Sally is so good at math. She's like the best in our class at math. She's probably the best in our grade at math. And they're seeking to answer this question, do I measure up? And this is a perfect opportunity to start to have some of those conversations about how God views your children, about how God sees that they measure up and how God wants to help them navigate what they're experiencing and feeling at this point in time. Then the next phase is, is grade 6 to 8. This is middle school. This is um, that point in their faith journey where they're really deciding, hey, are we, are we interested in this whole faith thing? Or are we kind of going to tap out and start to disengage a little bit? And at this point in time in their faith journey, what you want to do is you want to affirm them. You don't want to necessarily say you have all the answers to every single question, but you want to affirm and you want to say, hey, that's a great question that you're asking. I don't know the answer but I'm so glad that you're asking it. Let's, let's have some conversations and let's help you understand what that means. Affirm the fact that they're exploring. Affirm the fact that they're encouraging. Affirm the fact that they may be pushing against and trying to wrestle through it. And the invisible question that they're asking at this phase is, who do I like? And unfortunately for you as a parent, the majority of the way they answer this question is, whoever likes me whoever thinks I'm funny, whoever wants me to sit with them at lunch, whoever wants to be my friend, that's who I like. And for us, that's the reason why we have environments like Beyond Kids. That's the reason why we have environments like Junior Youth. So we can strategically place caring adults into the lives of children, so that when they're asking those questions, they have someone to turn to who can affirm them. Who can say, you know what, I actually like you for who you are. You don't have to measure up. You don't have to change who you are. I actually love the way that God has created you. And the final phase that Think Orange have talked about is this phase. It's high school and beyond. And in this phase, what what you want to do as a parent is you want to mobilize them. And you're thinking to yourself, yeah, Chris, I want to mobilize them. I want to mobilize them to start cleaning their room." I want to mobilize them to start paying rent. I want to start mobilizing them to start paying for their phone. I want to mobilize them to put petrol in the car. I want to mobilize them to get a license so I don't have to drive them around all the time. For, for us, this is a, as a church, this is why we place such a big emphasis on joining a team at this point. Joining a team at this point in time and actually mobilizing their faith. Because the question they're asking is really, do I believe at this point in their faith journey? And if I can just be honest, what they're, what they're really asking asking is, do I believe you? Do I believe what you've told me about God? Do I believe what you've told me about Jesus? And for us, the reason that we encourage and we, we always say, hey, join a team, be part of what we're doing here, is because when you mobilize their faith, they actually get to be part of a team with people who are, have either asked this question or are asking this question. And they can be a positive influence on their life and say, hey, you know what? Yeah, I I went through a phase where I was asking that same question and here's how I handled it. Here's how I addressed it. Here's how I answered it. And so I I, uh, I know that perhaps what we've talked about can feel overwhelming today because I've just kind of just done an information dump on you, right? And you're probably asking yourself, like uh, the whole time I'm kind of giving this information dump, you're thinking about your children, you're thinking about um, individuals that you know, And really the burning question for you is simply this, how do I leverage the phase my family is in? How do I leverage the phase that my family is in? And if I could just give you a thought, not tell you what to do but just give you a thought, the thought that I would give you is this, how you see your children shapes how you choose to guide their story what you think about them, the way in which you view them, that actually shapes how you choose to, in the words you use, to guide their story. And if you're a follower of Jesus, really the question that you should be asking is, well, how does does Jesus see my children? Because if you want your children to be followers of Jesus as they grow up, the question you need to be asking is, well, how does Jesus see my children? Because that will shape how you choose to guide their story as parents who are followers of Jesus. And there's actually one account There's actually two accounts we're going to look really quickly at. One is written by a guy called Mark. And it talks about how Jesus actually addresses children in a, a town that he's in called Capernaum. And Jesus actually does this when he's in the town. He says, then he put a little child among them. So Jesus was teaching at this point in time. There was a child among them. And taking the child into his arms, he said to them, anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me, but also my Father who sent me. And in another account that we have on the life of Jesus, one of Jesus' closest uh, boys, Matthew, tells this same story, but he accentuates a different part of the story. And this is what Matthew says. He says, one day some parents brought their children to Jesus, so he could lay his hands on them and pray for them. Now pay attention to this, because this is what Jesus' disciples do, his closest followers But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. And we probably sit here in our culture and we go, hang on a minute, why? Well, in the ancient Near Eastern culture, what's so fascinating is they weren't obsessed with youth the way that we're obsessed with youth. In fact, they they loved wisdom, they loved age, they loved gray hairs. No one was dyeing their hair in the ancient world, right? Because it was seen with wisdom came knowledge, with wisdom came respect. And so these people are walking in and they're bringing their children and the disciples are asking, why are you bothering him? They're not even going to understand what Jesus is talking about. They've got nothing of value to add to this conversation. But this is Jesus' response. But Jesus said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. And what Jesus is saying in this moment is, is my message is not just for people who can intellectually understand it. My, my message isn't just for people of a certain stage or phase of life. My message is for people of every age, of every stage of life. And that's why here at Beyond, you know, we, we place such an emphasis on creating age-appropriate environments. That's why we have uh, youth environments, and junior and senior youth in kids' environments, where we can talk about the message of Jesus. We don't want to stop children coming. We don't want to stop people at whatever age or whatever stage you're at, but we want them to understand clearly the message of Jesus. That's why we have environments. That's why we say unashamedly that this is an adult's environment. And unless we rock up and every single art supplies is in, in our beyond kids' environment and we have to make some changes, we say, hey, this is an unashamedly adult environment. Why? Because we don't want your children sitting in an environment where they say, hey, this doesn't make sense to me. And worse, we don't want it to get to a point in this life of your child where your child says, you know what, this is boring. This is disconnected. I don't understand what's going on. We want your children to understand the message of Jesus because it's a message for everyone, regardless of their age and regardless of their stage of life. And so, this is how Jesus really views your children. Jesus, if you were to say, hey, Jesus, how do you view my child? Jesus would say, well, they're made in the image of God. That God actually created them. That God breathed life into them. That they're, mold, they're to be molded in His likeness. In other words, if your children are following you, and you're following Jesus, Jesus will rub off on them. And they'll become to be more and more like Jesus. And the final thing is, Jesus actually say, well, they're actually on mission with his movement. They have actually got a part to play in what I'm doing. And in the local church, they have a valuable part to play. So I, I promised that I'd give you two pieces of homework. Promise I'd give you two pieces of homework. Mate, it's really, really simple for you. So here's the first piece of homework that I want you to ask. And if you're, if you're new here, the way we kind of package the application that we're talking about, we call it a full Monday because we just kind of think that there's no point coming to church and hanging out with us on a Sunday if it's not going to change your life for the rest of the week. So the first question I want you to ask this week is simply this. Do my priorities line up with the story I want, I want to write with my family? Because so, for so many of us, this thing called life just gets in the way. But I want you to sit down this week with your, your husband or your wife or your partner and I want you to, to have a really honest conversation and say, hey, do our priorities line up with the story that we want to write within our family? Because you might say, hey, we want our family to be known as a place where our children know that no matter what, we're always there for them. Yet the last six or seven or s- what, however many sporting games or musical events, you couldn't get there because you were working late. And that's not a bad thing, but you just need to recognize, hey, at the moment, where we're spending our time doesn't line up with what we prioritize as a family. I talk to our youth directors and our youth leaders here. And something that breaks their heart and it breaks my heart as well is so often parents will come up to them and say, hey, you know, my son or my daughter, is they kind of transitioning out, they're kind of falling in with the wrong crowd a little bit. They're making some unwise decisions. Can you maybe get them into a connect group? Can you maybe get them into church? Can you have a conversation with them? And the answer is always the same every single time. We can, but it probably won't do a lot of good because we don't know them. We don't have a relationship with them. And we want to, and that's why we as a local church are really, really deliberate about creating environments where as parents, we can talk about this stuff so that you can actually start to demonstrate to your children the priority that you place on faith and why it's so important to you. That's one of the reasons that we challenge you to be part of a team, so that your children can see that it's a priority in your life and you can set the direction for their future. Here's the second question I want you to ask. What does my family need to know about God at this phase? What are the things that that we need to, as a family, really begin to think through, really begin to talk about? Maybe as your children are transitioning into high school, there are some things that you really want them to know. Maybe you've just moved here from another state or another country. Maybe you're starting a brand new job and you've got to readjust your rhythms or readjust your habits. What are the things that your family needs to know about God at this phase? And before, before I invite the band back up and we sing our last song together, here's why I want to encourage you. And why I want to say it's so, so important for you to take time to answer these two questions this week. Because I know that life is busy and you're going to go out here, leave here, you're going to get in your car and you're going to be driving home. And you're going to say, oh, what were those two questions? Like, I kind of wrote them down. Like, oh, I forget. Like, I, I don't really know. here's why I want you to write these down and make them a huge priority to talk about this week. And the reason I want you to do this is because a hundred years from now, the only thing that will matter is your child's relationship to God. 100 years from now, it will not matter what school they went to. It will not matter what sports they played, what hobbies they had. It will not matter what suburb they lived in growing up. But 100 years from now, the one thing that will still continue to matter is your child's relationship to God. And you have the opportunity to begin to reflect this week and to ask, you know, do our priorities line up with the story we want our family to tell? Do our priorities line up with uh, with the relationship that we want our child to have with God, with their heavenly Father? What do we want our children to know at this phase? What do we want our children to know at this age and this stage. So this week, I want to encourage you to begin that conversation and focus on the thing that will matter most in a hundred years from now, but seems like it just gets caught up in the whirlwind of life today. Let's pray. Jesus, it can be really difficult to navigate family life it can be really tricky for us to sometimes feel like we're doing a good job. And I pray that this morning that all the parents in this room would actually be encouraged. That they wouldn't walk away here feeling downcast and feeling heavy, but they would walk away with a sense of the opportunity that is before them. A sense that they actually have more to, uh, less time than they realize, but far more influence than they realize. And that this week would be an opportunity to begin to have some conversations that could set the future direction of the story that you want to write in their family. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.